All righty. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. <laughs> Easter bunnies, Easter eggs, Easter Jesus, Easter you and me. Uh, Lynn was going to be here this morning, but um, sort of at the last minute. My sound okay? Testing one, two, three, four, five. Lynn uh, went up to the mountains to her daughters. Um, her son passed away a few years back, and they've been kind of hanging on to his ashes. He was cremated, and um, they're going to do a ritual today because today is his uh, belly button birthday, and um, and they're going to dump his ashes, sprinkle, whatever, pour, <laughs> pour his ashes into uh, the river in front of her daughter's house up in the Rockies kind of a resurrection for everybody, you know, or at least a ceremony celebrating John's resurrection, Lynn's resurrection, our resurrection, the already done deal of it all. Just kind of, and symbolically letting go of our identification with our body, our identification, in, in this case, as, as, as dust, as ash, letting the ashes go into the river. So that's what's happening. Uh, she might show up. I don't see her yet. She might show up. Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, crucifixion versus resurrection. That's the main theme and certainly the main theme that we will be looking at in chapter uh, 11, section six, waking to redemption. Waking to not just Jesus' redemption, but our redemption couple of points that he um, stresses and certainly that we stress in the school um, in terms of the resurrection is the resurrection did not happen when Jesus died and he rose from the dead. That's not the resurrection we're talking about. Jesus's resurrection, as well as all of our resurrection happened kind of time-wise, if you will, right after the tiny mad idea was considered Part of us looked at that idea, we call that Jesus, the part of us that looked at the tiny man idea of separation and realized it was silly. That was that is that that is the resurrection in the course. That is our resurrection, that is Jesus' resurrection. Um, that's all of our resurrection. And the way we keep not identifying with that resurrection is what the way we maintain our grievances, the way we maintain our resentments. And certainly in this section, uh, Jesus uses the phrase, I think, <laughs> um, the thorns we drill into each other's heads, the crown of thorns we put on our brother, crown of thorns we put on ourselves. Yesterday I watched the, uh, I brought myself to watch the la the closing of, of Jesus of Nazareth, where, you know, he, the crucifixion scene and, and, um, and, uh, and then he shows up with the apostles for a little while in the, in that movie any, or in that, um, uh, series that was done for TV way back in the seventies. It's available on Amazon prime. If, if you haven't seen it yet, or if you want to see it, <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth, but he, uh, so, you know, it, it was interesting watching the pain of the crucifixion and realizing it's, it's all a projection of our own crucifixion. 
I mean, it wasn't, it, it's not that Jesus was crucified and died and rose from the dead. It's that we want to believe he, he was crucified and died. And he rose from the dead, not us. So we continue in our own crucifixion that way. The choice is, am I identifying in any given moment with my own crucifixion, and I'm pretending I'm not, or am I identifying with the resurrection, that I, I couldn't have died in the first place, that I couldn't crucify myself in the first place. So those are the two thoughts in the, in the mind that are going on at any given time. Those are the only two thoughts, one way of putting it, is the thought of crucifixion, that I could crucify myself as a son of God and separate from my father, or am I realizing that Siri, that is that silly, and, and I'm resurrecting from that idea that I could be dead, that I could be crucified, that I could be separate from my father. So it's good to keep that in mind when we're talking about the crucifixion and resurrection. It's good to keep that in mind and frame it, I think, on the chart. And then it's good to realize that all the resentments and the grievances I'm hiding that I'm carrying down here and nursing down here in any given moment are what is what is maintaining my own inner crucifixion. My own inner putting that crown of thorns on my own head. And all the pain and agony that we, you know, we see depicted in, in the crucifixion scene with Jesus. That's what we believe we did to ourselves. Any, any questions or thoughts about any of that? So, yeah, I think it's really good to, at least, especially when we're reading the course, is to keep that in mind. That Jesus is not, you know, in some places he is specifically talking about his crucifixion, but that's just a metaphor for what we believe we've done to ourselves. It's always that. <laughs> it could only be that, certainly from the course's point of view. And the good news is the resurrection's already happened. <laughs> On a good ego day, we're just pretending it's not. It hasn't happened. And we maintain that belief that the resurrection is not happening right this second by the grievances, by the resentments, by all the grudges that we nurse, that we cherish, that we hold on to. And so as an opening meditation, I wanted to uh, first look at uh, chapter 19. This is on page 423 in the text, uh, chapter 19, and it's in the section where he's talking about the obstacles to peace. Um, the, and the last section, uh, lifting of the veil between myself and my brother. So that's paragraph 17 on page 423 in the text. He says, give faith to my brother. Be willing to, to believe in his innocence. Be willing to see past all the grievances that I put on him, the crown of thorns that I put on him. Give faith to him in his innocence. For faith and hope and mercy are mine to give, are ours to give. Just as much as we, we seem to easily give away grievances and crucifixions all the time, it's even easier. <laughs> In fact, it's conflict-free to just step back and lay those grievances down and let Jesus work through us to give the blessing of innocence, to give the awareness of innocence. So 
faith and hope and mercy are ours to give if we let it flow through us. Into the hands that give, the gift is given. Into our hands, when I offer the blessing of innocence to my brother, I realize I already have it. We realize we already have it. Look on your brother and see in him the gift of God you would receive. Line four, it is Easter. <laughs> Every day is Easter. Every day is our resurrection. It is almost Easter, the time of resurrection. Line five, let us give redemption to each other and share in it that we may rise as one in resurrection and not separate in death not separate believing where these bodies that can and do die and suffer at each other's hands. And it's in that sharing, and he really emphasizes it in that section we'll look at, it's in that sharing that we recognize the resurrection is already a done deal. We don't have to go around saying it's a done deal, <laughs> especially if we don't believe it or don't want to believe it. But what we can do and where we start is, am I willing to offer my brother the possibility of redemption? And in that experience, I'll experience my own. So let us give redemption to each other and then share in it. We'll realize we have it too, that we may rise as one in resurrection, not separate in death. Behold the gift of freedom that I gave the Holy Spirit for you. And be you and your brother free together as you offer to the Holy Spirit this same gift. And giving it, receive it of him in return for what you gave. The Holy Spirit leadeth you and me together. That we might meet here in this holy place and make the same decision. I think it was yesterday's lesson or the day before is was a huge emphasis in the last three paragraphs of that lesson on the meeting place. We meet with Jesus. We meet with our capital S self. That's the meeting place. I mean, this is a nice meeting <laughs> and at best we can sort of be a metaphor for that meeting, but the real meeting, the real, the real meeting is the meeting place where we meet Jesus, where we meet each other, our true self, and we recognize and celebrate that. We celebrate our resurrection, our waking up into that. Paragraph 18, free your brother here as I freed you. Give him the self-same gift, nor look upon him with condemnation of any kind. So, you know, the first part of the process is realize how often and how continuously we do condemn, how continuously we do judge, how continuously we look for grievances. Bruce? Yeah, I, I was re-listening to uh, uh, Dave's presentation, excellent presentation, by the way, on trust the other evening. And and I um, was struck with the one of uh, the, the quote from the course of, you know, it doesn't ask that you have any. Uh, you know, grievances that just ask the, I'm paraphrasing as usual, none that you would keep. And I was thinking, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing with crucifixion. It doesn't, doesn't ask that we don't have any crucifying thoughts to ourselves or, or each other. It just asks that, that, you know, we just look at them without condemnation 
and let them go as quickly as we can. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's that's more of the process mm-hmm. rather than thinking oh, I've got to quickly, you know, <laughs> not ever have any crucifying thoughts. That's pretty pretty unrealistic. But just noticing how often and and you know we want to have a crucifixion going on and just say, oh yeah, no, I I think I'm ready to start retiring that idea. <laughs> anyway, thanks. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, and um, uh, and otherwise, we wind up beating ourselves up. <laughs> I'm never going to condemn you again. <laughs> Molly, you're on mute. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Would you say then that the crown of thorns represents the ego? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, and and it's what the ego does. <laughs> it's, it's the ego, and it's what the ego does to itself. If we put our crown of thorns on our own head. We have to. <laughs> we have to say, no, no, the Son of God needs to suffer and die to prove that the ego can live, to prove that I can be separate and often running on my own, apart from my father. So, yeah, sure. All these things are pretty synonymous. <laughs> Sin, guilt, and fear, and ego, crown of thorns, death, <laughs> and all the good stuff synonymous too. Forgiveness, healing, res- uh, resurrection, etc. Real world. Yeah. Whenever in doubt, I always, just, I always line up the bad words over here, <laughs> and then I put all the good stuff on that side. They're all synonymous. <laughs> you can approach it from any angle that way. <laughs> So in this case, it's crucifixion, wrong mind, crown of thorns. On this side, it's resurrection, uh, no crown of thorns, <laughs> no condemnation. And the way to get there, like Bruce was pointing out, is to recognize how often we do crucify, we do judge. And then am I willing to ask Jesus to help me lay that down for a little while and see my brother the way my, Jesus sees my brother without crucifixion? without the crown of thorns. And in that experience, I'll experience my own, our own redemption. Let's start with my brother's in the process, his redemption. Then I realize that is my redemption. And then the third step, I realize it's our redemption. Oh, you are. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Molly. So uh, let's see, paragraph 18, line two, uh, line three. See your brother is guiltless as I look on you. Be willing to do that. And overlook the sins he thinks he sees within himself. Offer your brother that freedom, freedom from his sins. And complete release from sin here in the garden of seeming agony and death the garden of uh, Gethsemane, (laughs) the garden of uh, agony, dark night of the soul. So we will prepare together the way into the resurrection of God's son and let him, God's son and our brother, rise again to glad remembrance of his father who knows no sin, no death, but only life eternal. And then we'll back up to, uh, in the text, page 206 at the bottom, 206 in the text, I'm in chapter 11. This is the end of section five. 
paragraph 18 begins every brother you meet this is the process bruce yeah i was just i was just reflecting on the word agony and i i, I think sometimes our language has has little clues hidden in it um agony is agony and uh, that usually refers to the procreative function <laughs> on the level of form but i think if, if we were to uh, you know think about the course's interpretation it would be being separate from our creator you know the, be the belief that we think we're separate from our creator and that's that's the real agony and it only can be in the mind so anyway uh, just, are, just are you is the reference in agony is in birth? I mean, the birth is agony or, I mean. No, I, it means being without procreative uh, ability or function oh, or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, th I, think, I think that's the, the Latin root somewhere in there. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Thanks. It, All right. So paragraph 18 is the process. Bruce, you want to read that one? Then we'll get quiet for a little bit. Free your brother, that one here? Every brother you meet becomes a witness. Page two uh, 206. Oh, okay. I was looking at line. Hold on. 206. Give me a second here. Okay. Every brother you meet becomes a witness for Christ or for the ego, depending on what you perceive in him. Everyone convinces you of what you want to perceive and of the reality of the kingdom you have chosen for your vigilance. Everything you perceive is a witness to the thought system you want to be true. Every brother has the power to release you if you choose to be free. You cannot accept false witness of him unless you have evoked false witness against him. And here's another favorite line. <laughs> if he speaks not of Christ to you, you spoke not of Christ to him. You hear but your own voice. And if Christ speaks through you, you will hear him. There's another example. If I, if I um, didn't give uh, you thorns, I'm not going to get them back. <laughs> if I give you lilies, I get them back. The old golden rule once again. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that finger pointing is always one big thorn aimed at you and then three big thorns aimed back at me. Or... Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Thorn throwers. <laughs> really. <laughs> Blame throwers and thorn throwers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. So, yeah, let's get quiet for a little bit and then I'll, I'll bring us out. The game of thorns. Oh. And gently, gently come back. One of the uh, 
actually it was written for the resurrection and 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 easter initially one of the great pieces of music that was written for easter <laughs> believe it or not is the messiah i mean it got kind of turned around over the years and, and kind of laid as a christmas celebration but his first performance was around easter time and it was written handel wrote it for easter it's an interesting story <laughs> um but yeah, and it's a real moving piece celebrating um, Jesus as the as the Son of God, born, dying, etc., and rising from the dead. And it really is is a celebration of our own resurrection too. If you listen to it that way, it's pretty powerful, I think. <laughs> so I was listening to that this morning. It was pretty wild. <laughs> it's a great thing to exercise too. Believe it or not, there's a lot of really fast up-tempo things in the in the Messiah that you can really work out to. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Fun and resurrecting at the same time. So um, let's look at uh, section six on page 207. Waking to redemption, waking to our redemption. It is impossible not to believe what you see, but it is equally impossible to see what you do not believe. Part of the thing that I think really helps, especially using the chart, to stay real clear about what Jesus is talking about here, is he's not talking about our experience in the world. And when he's talking about experience here, he's not talking about what we experience as bodies, as seemingly individual entities. He's talking about this. First, we experience the crucifixion, meaning we make up the experience and then we believe it. So it's impossible not to believe what you see, meaning this came first and then this got projected on this. And now I see crucifixion everywhere, but I don't think I'm doing it. Most of the time, I think it's being done to me or to people I care about or there's victimizers and victims. That's what I believe I see, but that's just based on this. The first belief is that I was the crucifier, I was the victimizer. I nailed myself as the son of God to the cross. And then I wind up seeing it in the world. So it's, it's impossible not to believe what you see. However, if you also back up and let go of this crazy belief and let the Holy Spirit work through us, We'll see the resurrection everywhere, in spite of all the seeming pain and agony in this seeming garden of agony. It's impossible not to believe what you see, but it's equally impossible to see what you do not believe. So first, internally, we choose to believe what we want. And then that is what we see. That's, that's the seeming experiences based on that. Perceptions are built on the basis of experience in the mind. Once again, he's talking about, am I experiencing separation in the mind or am I, exper am I experiencing crucifixion in my mind of my own identity as God's son or am I experiencing the resurrection? The tiny man is, idea is silly and nothing happened. And then that perception is based my perception in the world is based on this experience, either this experience of crucifixion or this experience of resurrection. Do you have any questions about that? Because if, if we don't start there, <laughs> this gets really crazy really fast. 
because we think we t he's talking about experiences in the world. Now, the only two experiences we're ever having in any given moment is an experience internally of crucifixion or an experience of resurrection. And then that gets displaced onto the world, so we think it's all about the world. And the world is causing what we see. And, you know, this is, of course, about perception that comes from this inner experience, either this inner experience or this inner experience. So that's what he's saying here. Perceptions are built on the basis of experience in the mind, crucifixion or resurrection. And it, that experience then leads to what we believe in the world, what we see in the world. It is not until beliefs are fixed that perceptions stabilize. Meaning if I'm fixed on this, then everything I, I see in the world is going to be victims and victimizers. And poor little old me, I'm going to be crucified all the time. So if this is, we fix this internally, this, this gets st seemingly stabilized in the world. It's not very stable. It's horrible, but yeah. In effect, then, what you believe, you do see. What we believe internally, this or this, we do see in the world. This is what I meant, Jesus saying, when I said, blessed are you who have not seen and still believe. For those who believe in the resurrection will see it. I let go of this, and I choose the Holy Spirit as my teacher. I will see it. I'll see it in the world, in spite of all the horrible, seeming horrible stuff going on. The resurrection is the complete triumph of Christ over the ego, not by attack. He's not asking us to fight with ego. He's not asking us to beat ourselves up because we're bad course students. <laughs> He's saying, stop that stuff. <laughs> stop judging your brother and stop judging yourself. And let me help you do that because you can't do that by yourself. It's a complete triumph of Christ over the ego because we just let the ego go. We don't have to beat it up. Seek not to change the world. Seek to change your mind the way you see the world. Not by attack, but by transcendence. And the transcendence is from here to here. We let go of this teacher of crucifixion and we pick up the teacher of resurrection. That's the transcendence. For Christ does rise above the ego and all its work, above the battleground and ascends to the Father and his kingdom. Would you join in the resurrection of the crucifixion? To step back and look at that, well, which, which sounds better? <laughs> yeah, just step back, Loretta. <laughs> look at this. You want crucifixion? You want resurrection? You want this and all the mess you see? <laughs> I mean, this is self-enlightened interest here. He's appealing to a, you know, a little bit of self-enlightened selfishness, if you will. <laughs> what, what do you think is going to make you feel better? Crucifixion or resurrection? Would you condemn your brothers, line two, or free them? Free them from crucifixion. Would you transcend your own prison and ascend to the Father? These questions are all the same and, and are actually answered together. 
I let go of crucifying my brother. I lined up letting go of crucifying myself. And then I realized we're already all are resurrected. Line five, there has been much confusion about what perception means. So, you know, perception in the world is, you know, I see the bad guys out there and I know it's the bad guy's fault. But internally, that's based on this perception. I saw myself as a separate son of God. I left heaven. I perceived myself as something that could leave heaven. So there's been much confusion about what perception means because the word is used both for awareness and the interpretation of awareness. So seeming awareness in the world is I know who the victim and victimizer is. Interpretation of that awareness is if I if I step back with Jesus, I'll realize if I see crucifixion in the world, it's probably it is a reflection of the inner crucifixion I'm doing to myself. So at first I interpret myself as a separate son of God, and then I perceive that happening everywhere in the world. Yet you cannot be aware without interpretation. I interpreted myself as separate first, and then I'm walking around thinking I'm aware I know who the victim and victimizer is. Nah, <laughs> nah, it's just a big giant self-deception. It's just a big giant dumb interpretation. <laughs> Based on this, I interpreted that I was separate, and now I believe it's somebody else's fault. What you perceive is interpretation. So I see victims and victimizers in the world, but that's only because I interpreted, I perceive myself internally as a separate son of God. I crucify myself. I, I, I put the crown of thorns on my head and I tapped it in. I mean, it, it, it's real visual in Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> it's awful scene. <laughs> but I mean, that's what we're doing to ourselves all the time. Every time I throw a thorn at somebody else, I'm, I'm tapping my own thorn of head, th crown of thorns into my own head. Going to back to what Molly was saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the king now. I'm the king who can wear a crown of thorns <laughs> that I put on myself. And I can hurt myself with that. And then one of those infuriating sentences, paragraph three, this course is perfectly clear. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know about you, but just to read those first two paragraphs without having some idea of what the hell he was talking about is not real perfectly clear. <laughs> It gets clearer as it goes, I think. <laughs> if you do not see it clearly, uh-oh, it gets worse. You ready? <laughs> if you don't see it clearly, it's because you are interpreting against it. Nah, Jesus, I know who the victims and victimizers are. I know who the bad guys are. Let me tell you. <laughs> I know what I see is real. And therefore, do not believe it. I don't believe what I don't want to believe and on a good ego day. I do not want to believe what the course is saying. Line three, and since belief determines perception, 
you do not perceive what it means and therefore you don't accept it. If I'm aligned with the ego, I won't see what the course means and I won't want to see what the course means. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And then <laughs> on top of that, I'll pretend I'm a good course student. I go to meetings. <laughs> I read my lesson this morning. <laughs> Once again, he, he wants us to read the lessons, but read it with him, not with the ego. <laughs> I mean, yeah, do your homework, <laughs> but read it with him. Otherwise, we're just going to beat ourselves up with each lesson. Each of the lessons become a, a new thorn in our crown of thorns if I'm doing the lessons with the ego. Hmm. Uh, line four, yet different experiences lead to different beliefs. Experience of this leads to a belief uh, of, I think I know what's going on. Experience, internal experience of the resurrection leads to another belief. I know what I, I see going on ain't real. That's what it means. Um, one way of looking at what it means. Yet, line four, yet these different internal experiences of either crucifixion or resurrection lead to different external beliefs and with them different perceptions in the world. Crucif if I'm identifying with this experience, I see victims and victimizers. If I'm identifying with resurrection experience, I won't. For perceptions are learned with beliefs and experience does teach. All this is reinforcing either my belief in this or all this is, is reinforcing my belief in the resurrection. Who did I choose as my guide? Who did I choose as my teacher? Line six, Jesus, I am leading you to a new kind of experience that you will become less and less willing to deny. Lesson 91, I'll show you, I'll show you something more sure. I mean, you're sure there's victims and victimizers running around the world. I'll show you that's just not true. I'll show you that, that, that perception of that is simply based on something else that's internally made up. I can show you that. And I can, I can help you be absolutely sure of that if you just invite me into the process. I am leading you to a new kind of experience that you will become less and less willing to deny. We won't fight the course so much. Learning of Christ is easy for to perceive him with him involves no strain at all. Look at victim and victimizers every friggin' second is a lot of work. <laughs> and then we pretend that's natural and normal. No, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of strain. That's a lot of conflict. Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah. yeah. One of your favorite metaphors of the puppeteer just came, came to my mind. I was thinking, you know, it's a lot of strain and effort and work for each of us seeming puppeteers to, to manipulate our dream to create the, the you know, the thorny victim stories and, and keep that going and that's 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 a lot of work <laughs> and if we could just you know see everyone struggling to maintain that story and, and move those puppets around in order to contrive the the situations to keep keep grievances going and and it's like wow what a, what a lot of effort that's needless yeah anyway thanks and so it, it takes and you can see how it, 
on one level, we know what's true. And then we take what's true and then we try to convince ourselves what isn't true. So we're constantly fighting what's obvious. We're constantly fighting from Jesus's point of view, what's true, what we all know. The lady protests too much, methinks. We keep saying the sin and guilt and fear are alive and well, and we see it everywhere in the world. It, yeah, it, that's pretty, conf just to even say that out loud takes a lot of strain. <laughs> I mean, would you rather see resurrection than crucifixion everywhere? What do you want to see? Learning of Christ is easy. For to perceive with him involves no strain at all. His perceptions are your natural awareness. This is unnatural. <laughs> this is natural. <laughs> the resurrection is natural. The, re the resurrection is conflict-free, strain-free, pain-free. <laughs> this is totally unnatural. We have to make up pain and death and then believe it and get ourselves to constantly believe it. Christ's perceptions are your natural awareness, and it, <laughs> it is the only, only the distortions you introduce that tire you. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, you put it like that. I can sort of get that. <laughs> this is what I just keep doing making this up and then getting myself to believe it. That's pretty tiring. We're fighting the truth constantly. So on the other hand, line nine, this is what we could do. We could let the Christ in us interpret for us instead of we're deciding to make up our own experience and our own belief system. Let the Christ in you interpret for you and do not try to limit what you see by narrow little beliefs that are unworthy of God's son. Part of the first three narrow little beliefs are sin, guilt, and fear. <laughs> They're narrow, insignificant, made up, little, and unworthy of us. They're not the truth. For until Christ comes into his own, the son of God will see himself as fatherless. And this uh, next paragraph, um, it's a play on the quote from uh, the Gospel of John, where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And this is one of those corrections. No, 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 I'm not the resurrection and the life. I am your <laughs> resurrection and your life. Uh, a little adjective pronoun change there. Not the, he's ours. He's that part of us that, that is the already done deal. I am your resurrection and life and your life. You live in me because you live in God. And everyone lives in you as you live in everyone. So, I mean, where he's going here is it's like our awareness in any given moment, especially down here in time and space, you think of it as a triangle. I mean, in any given moment, we're seemingly aware of God, and over on this part of the point of the triangle, we're aware of our brothers, and over here, we're aware of ourselves. In any given moment, if whatever I'm thinking about God is what I'm automatically thinking about my brothers, and I'm automatically thinking about myself. And that goes all the way, and that includes all parts of the triangle. 
whatever I'm thinking about my brothers in any given situation is what I'm thinking about God and also what I'm thinking about myself. Or what I'm thinking about myself in any given moment is also what I'm thinking about God and what I'm thinking about my brothers. So just pick one of them. Like, what are you thinking about right this second? If, if you're thinking about some brother that messed you up and you're not calling him your brother, then that's secretly under the surface. That's what you think about God. And also that's what you think about yourself. If you're blaming God for everything, <laughs> like the way my dad used to, God damn it, Jesus Christ. <laughs> So if you're blaming God for everything, that's just under the surface. You're blaming your brothers and you're blaming yourself. You can't blame one without blaming all three. And you can't let go of not blaming each one and not let go of not blaming all three. How I see each one of those is how I see myself. If I'm willing to forgive Jesus, I, I forgive God. I forgive you. I forgive me. If I'm willing to forgive me, I forgive you and I forgive God. It's the way the process works. Start with any of them. That, does that sort of kind of make sense? If not, don't worry about it. <laughs> but that's what he's saying here, I think. Did anybody raise their hand? Whitney, did you raise your hand? <laughs> no, I just gave you a thumbs up. That uh oh, okay. <laughs> that I love that. Yeah. All right. Good. Thanks. All right. All right. So, and I think that's what he's explaining here. Line four, can you then perceive unworthiness in a brother and not see it in yourself? Well, no. And can you perceive it in yourself and not perceive unworthiness in God? No. Believe in the resurrection because it has been accomplished already. And it has been accomplished in you, in me, in us already. This is as true now as it will ever be for the resurrection is the will of God, which knows no time and no exceptions. But make no exceptions of yourself. Meaning every time we point a finger at our brother or behaviorally, we point a finger at ourselves. Make no exceptions of yourself or you will not perceive what has already been accomplished for you, for all of us. For we ascend unto the Father together as it was in the beginning, as now and ever shall be. If you're a good Catholic, that's reverberating in your head. <laughs> what was it called? The something to the Holy, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Glory be to the Father. Um, yeah, as now and ever shall be. For such is the nature, the true nature of God's Son and his Father created him, as his Father created him. Do not, do not understand, underestimate the power of the devotion of God's son, nor the power the God he worships over him. So he's really going to spell out the two choices in, this, in these next couple paragraphs. It's always crucifixion or resurrection. Period. Those are, that's it. <laughs> if I worship, am I worshiping, am I, is my devotion to the God the ego God that I made up, the God of separation, or is it towards the, the, the God of forgiveness, the God of the Holy Spirit? For he places, line two, for he places himself at the altar of his God, whether it be the God he made up, the ego, or the God who actually created him. 
That is why slavery is as complete as his freedom, for he will obey the God he accepts. The God of crucifixion demands that he crucify. The God of crucifixion demands that we go out and we find victims and victimizers. To, we find the crucified and we find the crucifiers. And his worshipers obey. <laughs> We, aligned with the ego, obey the dictates of that made-up God. Line five, in that ego God's name, they crucify themselves, believing that the power of the Son of God is born of sacrifice and pain. I can do what God in heaven can't do. I can sacrifice and I can put in pain, myself and everybody else. However, the God of resurrection, line six, demands nothing, nothing, <laughs> doesn't demand anything, doesn't have to demand anything, doesn't demand we go out and finger point, doesn't demand we have to do anything except lay down all this crazy crucifixion we're doing all the time. For he does not will to take away. He does not require obedience. Really? <laughs> I don't have to do my lessons. I knew it. <laughs> I don't have to obey. I don't have to obey those that crazy school for a course of miracles. I don't have to obey Jesus. <laughs> Jesus just told me I don't have to obey this stuff. <laughs> Might want to try it, but you don't have to obey it. It's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna change who we truly are, whether we obey it or not. <laughs> He's not asking for obedience here. He's just asking us to lay down the crucifixion for a while if we if we're willing to. The God of resurrection demands nothing. Line seven, he does not require obedience, for obedience implies submission. He would only have you learn your own true will, what you really want to do, and then follow it. Not in the spirit of sacrifice and submission, but in the gladness of freedom. Don't miss Stephen's incredible presentation on this feels good. <laughs> this is all about joy. <laughs> That's coming up on Saturday. <laughs> First, we got to you know realize what we're doing, how much we don't want joy, and how we, we keep crucifying not to have it. But the big joy celebration comes this Saturday, so we'll work up to that. <laughs> no pressure on Stephen, though. <laughs> Bruce, you got something? Well, I was just saying, I was thinking about the part about obedience. I was thinking, neither does it... Uh, require loyalty oaths or secret handshakes either that's none, none of this requires we're all good yeah <laughs> right did you write away to the comic book things to find the secret handshake and all that stuff <laughs> i don't think i ever got mine when i wrote away that's why i became a mess <laughs> the comic but, books let me down <laughs> but i did join a masonic lodge many years ago and then learned a few secret handshakes so. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, I've had I've had two secret mantras. <gasps> oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm, not tell, I'm not telling anybody either. They're mine. <laughs> Do they make you holy, Chris? <laughs> You're right. All righty. So, and and then once again, this is all about joy. Paragraph six: Resurrection must compel. <laughs> compel your allegiance gladly because it is the symbol of joy. 
its whole compelling power lies in the fact that it represents what you really want to be. The freedom to leave behind everything that hurts you and humbles you and frightens you. That's a mouthful. Everything that hurts you and humbles you and frightens you cannot be thrust upon you. The freedom to leave all that behind cannot be thrust upon us. But it can be offered you through the grace of God. He goes off on grace here for about three different sentences. And you can accept it by his grace, for God is gracious, gracious to his son. Accepting him without question as his own. That's what he's asking us to do with our brother. Be gracious to our brother. Be willing to accept our brother without question. With Jesus' help. Otherwise, we're going to question our brother's innocence like crazy. Which is why we came here. Under the ego's guide and direction, we came here not to find innocence, but to find guilt. Not to find innocence, but to figure out who the victims and victimizers were. We did not come here to be gracious. <laughs> yeah. And then, without question, as his own, and then he asks us, who then is your own? Meaning, are you treating each other as your own? Are, you, are we gracious to each other? Or are we just gracious sometimes, depending on whether the other guy is worthy of our grace <laughs> or not? Who then is your own? The Father has given you all that is his. He gave us all our brothers to be gracious to. That's our own. Anybody we think of, anybody we're with, anybody we're not with, anybody in any given moment that's come or gone, that's our own. Am I being gracious in any given moment? And each one of those figures in our dream that we think of is the doorway back. We don't have to do them all at once. <laughs> probably, you know, if you can, that's fine. <laughs> but you probably just want to take them one at a time and, and just ask yourself, am I treating this person like my own? Am I being gracious to them? Political figure, family member, boss, somebody in traffic, whoever it is. And then, and then... <laughs> Line seven, guard them. Guard them from you. <laughs> guard them from your, your proclivity to, to condemn and crucify. Guard them from your own inclination to take this and push it on all these poor people in the world. Guard them in their resurrection, for otherwise you're not going to wake up. Lynn's been the, doing this whole series on awake in the in in the world, awake meaning seeing the real world. That's what the resurrection is, awake in the world. Guard them in their resurrection, for otherwise you will not awaken God safely surrounded by what is yours forever. We think our brother is a constant threat. <laughs> we think he's out to crucify us. Nah, we're the threat. <laughs> We're, we're walking crucifiers if we're using the ego as our teacher. How can you feel safe if you're doing that? <laughs> it's just like, no way. 
I mean, he's, he's trying to appeal to our sense of safety, <laughs> our sense of joy, our sense of graciousness here. I mean, this is all nice stuff. <laughs> do you want crucifixion or do, or do we want resurrection? Paragraph seven, you will not find peace until you have removed the nails, the judgments, the grievances, the resentments. You will not find peace until you have removed the thorns from the hands of God's son, the nails from the hands of God's son, and taken that last thorn from his forehead. The love of God surrounds his son, whom the God of crucifixion condemns. Teach not that I died in vain. Teach not that I died, period. <laughs> I mean, teach not that you can die. Teach not your brother can die. <laughs> teach not that we died in vain. Teach rather that I did not die by demonstrating that I live in you. For the undoing, the undoing of the crucifixion of God's son is the work of redemption. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to make things better either in the world or even in the mind. They're already okay. We just have to stop insisting they're not okay. That's the undoing. The undoing of the crucifixion of God's son is the work of the redemption in which everyone has a part of equal value. Paragraph eight, we have nailed ourselves to a cross. We did this and place the crown of thorns upon our own head. Yet you can't. <laughs> it's all made up. It's a story we made up. You cannot crucify God's son, for the will of God cannot die. His son has been redeemed from his own crucifixion, and you cannot assign to death whom God has given eternal life. However, the dream of crucifixion still lies heavy on your eyes, but what you see in dreams is not your reality, is not our reality. While we perceive the Son of God is crucified, we are asleep. And as long as we believe that we can crucify him, we're only having nightmares. We, we're beginning to wake, are still aware of dreams and have not yet quite forgotten them. The forgetting of dreams and the awareness of Christ come with the awakening of others to share your redemption. We share this stuff. Paragraph nine, line six, redemption is recognized. Our own redemption is recognized only by sharing it. Only, period. <laughs> if we don't share it, we won't recognize it. If, and if we don't share it, especially with the people that are, are, are giving us issues, we won't recognize it. We won't experience it. So I wanted to do a, a little breakout thingy, talk about the resurrection, what that feels like to you these days. What is resurrection? What does that feel like? Um, and what things, what ways you might be crucifying yourself or somebody else that's holding up the resurrection, <laughs> holding up our being aware of it anyway. So yeah, we'll uh, break up for a little bit, talk about that or 
just celebrate Easter, however you want to do it. <laughs> but the possible topic is, you know, how are you experiencing your own resurrection right now? And then, of course, um, how might you not be experiencing it? In what ways may I be crucifying somebody else? So let's see, we'll do one, two, three. Six groups. Ready. Here we go, maybe. Uh oh. Oh yeah. Hello. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Let me make sure I didn't leave anybody floating around out there by accident. <laughs> Alrighty. So had you did you get started yet, or did you just say hi? We just got to the high place pretty much, and Osmani was saying that she's struggling with the left uh, with the lesson. Which lesson? I, I was just saying that um, I had yesterday, you know, my 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 lesson yesterday was uh, lesson 122, forgiveness offers everything I want. And I was fighting with the lesson because I didn't want, you know, everything that forgiveness wanted to, wanted to give me. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> I have to do lesson 123 today. And it's all about um, being, being, you know, being grateful and, and thanking you know, God for his gifts. So sometimes it's, it's, it looks like the book rearranges itself, you know, for, for the following lesson for you to really understand the previous one. Mm -hmm. So this one has been, it's been a day, you know, for me to thank this process and, and especially to realize how, how, how climbing in the ladder, you know, how much I'm climbing up the ladder and, and sometimes I don't realize it because I don't even know what I'm, what, what is that I'm supposed to be doing. So it's, it's been a good day today, uh, you know. In compared, the compared to yesterday then? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, sometimes it seems like, uh, yeah, I, go th I have to go through a dark night before I, I get to the good stuff. It's always like that, isn't it? Hopefully one day we'll just get to the good stuff and then we won't leave and have to go back and fight the good stuff anymore. <laughs> anyway, you, you've been with the course, I think, longer than I have. So I suppose this is going to be, you know, my, my normal day, you know. <laughs> So what, so what part of the yesterday's lesson you didn't like 
the care and the <clears throat> safety and I mean, what part did you put? No, it's just admitting that actually I, I just, I, I sometimes I feel like closing the book altogether, <laughs> never opening it. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yesterday was all about that. It was about me realizing, I just want to put myself in charge of this process every single day. And I suppose I know what I'm meant to be doing and, and and i'm not used to not doing anything so so it's just that it's just like the realization that i have to do nothing and, and, and a really nice lesson like today seems like jesus knew exactly you know what i was going uh i was going through and then he gave me the exact uh, phrases and words for me to feel to feel a lot better so i'm really grateful also for that <laughs> and for you Sometimes Jesus is in a bad mood and he's not very nice. So yesterday he wasn't nice. Today he's being nice. <laughs> I think it's the other way around. <laughs> yesterday was a good day for me, and today is like, oh. oh. <laughs> so every well, day is different. <laughs> what's what, what do you do? You want to share what you think is happening, or or what's going on? Or? Oh. I don't know. It's just some days uh, it's like I wake up in the wrong side of the bed or something. And it, it's just like, I don't want to think about all the things that he's telling me. Like the lesson I'm working on is one about um, God's voice is, um, see, I can't even remember it. <laughs> well, God speaks to me all throughout the day. And, and that's just kind of... Um, making me a bit angry actually <laughs> which is crazy i know but um part of me knows that's true and then another part is throwing a fit about it so yeah just sort of struggling with just that so do you do you, do you have this uh, urge to tell him to shut up if he is speaking to you through the whole day <laughs> or, or are you upset because you don't think he is Oh no, I know he is. Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't feel like listening. <laughs> oh, that's really honest. <laughs> that's the lesson. Yeah, I'd have to stop thinking and controlling everything, and I'd have to just stop and be quiet and still. And then I, I'm afraid, oh, it might be really boring life then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> it's just not wanting to give up control, really, as if I have control. The illusion of control, that's what I'm pissed off about. Yeah, that's what it would be. <laughs> so do you, do you feel added guilt because it's Easter and you should be listening to the Holy Spirit and you don't want to? No, not at all. I never did <laughs> Stuff. I don't have any of that guilt. I wasn't brought up religious, so to me, this is just a silly made-up day. It's <laughs> just another day. <laughs> but don't they have cute little Easter bunnies in Canada? <laughs> I, I like the Easter bunnies. And oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I actually have two rabbits. <laughs> oh, do you really? Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. He was just, he was mad because it's his breakfast time. He was trying to get in here to, to <laughs> mind me. Oh, that's good. 
<laughs> a hungry bunny on Easter. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Does Spain do a lot of Easter kind of things? We have the the what's it called when you take the saints out and parade them around. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it's it's very important in Seville. And for the last two years, I mean, this year and, and the previous one, because of the COVID, they haven't done so. And, and you can, you know, they, they cry on the streets and, and oh. at the, you know, at the church's doors, because some people prepare the whole year just, just to be able to, to hold, you know, the, the images, because they're really heavy. So they have to do it in a certain way. And oh. yeah, some, and it's not easy to get into those um, it's sort of clubs. You know, it's like a club and you actually belong to that all your life and your family, previous, you know, your, your grandparents. And so it's, not, it's a huge tradition here. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah, try yeah, to yeah. join? Did you try no, to? No. <laughs> 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 they wouldn't let you join. I'm sure they wouldn't let <laughs> But, and before before COVID, you know, if, if it rained in, a, in any day that they were taking the saints out, it would be like so dramatic and, <gasps> and you know, they would show it like in national TV. Great. Oh, wow. So, it's all about sacrifice? Of sacrificing exactly. It's, it's all, exactly. <laughs> it's all about sacrifice. It's not about, you know, if, if I don't do this, God is going to punish me and I have to prepare the whole year to be ready for it. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> This is a crazy country. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, my country is more crazy. <laughs> we have Whitney. Hi, Whitney. Hey. Hi. Osmani was just telling us they have these clubs that carry the picture, uh, heavy statues on, on Easter Day. And she tried to join one of them, and they wouldn't let her. <laughs> No, I'm teasing. She, she didn't. Uh, no, it's funny. This country is funny. Well, you got wild stuff. I mean, you got the bulls. You got the. You got fighting the bulls. You got the bulls running exactly. down the street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everything. Everything about like killing bulls and traumatizing them, and you know. Mm. So, so some of them they have they put like um fire in the horn and they chase them around too so it's all about like treating badly poor bulls but anyway during the summer it's only during the summer <laughs> wow all right yeah did, did you were you sharing something or were you teamed up or did what oh, happened no, i i needed to do something and then came back oh, and oh okay heartbeat, so um, no, I'm right here. Oh, all right. <laughs> Did you have anything you wanted to share about? Hmm. Just this morning, what's in my awareness is just, I often think of it like a kind of, like a done deal. I'm either crucified or I'm resurrected rather than, I mean, it's not like we haven't talked about this a million times about it's moment to moment to moment, but it's just right here right now. Like even holding the image of my brother in the mind, which is really all my brother is, but just what am I choosing? And I'm just really thinking about grace 
and graciousness since we read what we read and how much that word it's been a word I've always loved but grace just just it's like a what do you call that like a grease slide into non-judgment you know it's just can I just the grace of God sees me as innocent can I just offer that grace to my brother and something about that seems easy mm-hmm. just so I really appreciate that word compared to hard work mm-hmm. You're trying to see it right, you know, just something about could I let myself experience the grace of God and just extend it? Nothing new, just it's just what's in my heart right now. I just really appreciate today. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was nice when it's talking about instead of the sacrifice and the crucifixion and all of that that is in our unconscious, that it's just easy. There's, if there's any strain, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so that's that's comforting. Yeah, that really stood out to me in the reading today. Just that it's it's um, how easy it is to look with Jesus. I mean, I often think I want to look with Jesus, but I don't relate to it like it could be so easy if I would just look with Jesus. <laughs> Except when you don't want to. <laughs> the resistance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know if it's true for everyone else, but for me, if I don't acknowledge my resistance, I can't get out of it. Definitely. <laughs> they need to be observed. They need to be, and, and I suppose that's, that's one of the most difficult things because we, we are not used to it. I don't know. I wasn't used to it. I was, I was used to hiding everything, all my feelings and, and everything, you know, everything that I thought to put up a nice face and, and so I'm rediscovering the idea of, of you know, I'm rediscovering myself. I'm, I'm getting to know lots of things I didn't want it and I didn't love to do just because I was meant to be, I'm, I, was, I was supposed to do them. So it's, it's really difficult sometimes to actually acknowledge, you know, and, and be honest even with, with yourself because we're not used to that. We're used to, you know, hiding stuff and, and also the idea of sacrifice that we believe that whatever we, if we do something or if I give up something, I'm, I'm missing something else. So I suppose, you know, I'll get there at some point. <laughs> yeah. Peggy Lee was sharing earlier that she, uh, she just, it's the lesson, she's doing the lesson where she, she's supposed to listen to Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit is, is talking to her all day long. And she just don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, really. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> That's good. And then, and then feeling now like, uh, because you can't use the old victim story anymore. And it's a little um, disconcerting. <laughs> Oh, poor me. Well, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big justification for all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. Tim, I also really appreciated the triangle thing you were pointing to. It's Sort of intellectually, I've been thinking, of course, it's all related. My relationship, myself, my brother, God, same, same mind, just, but there's some way that that was really 
made it more, it sort of had more, um, I w there was a little bit more awakeness for me in um, seeing that I can't, it one choice impacts all and the other choice impacts all. There was just, I really appreciate you sharing that. Mm. Yeah. I think I, I picked that up at, in an Enneagram class or something way back when. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Here they come. <laughs> Oh, you all look so resurrected. <laughs> joy, joy, joy. All right. Let's, uh, let's do a closing. Um, uh, page 256, 256 in the workbook. In the workbook. <clears throat> this is the end of lesson 135. Uh, page 256 in the workbook, end of lesson um, 135, and we'll do paragraphs 24, 25, 26. So, Ron, you got a book? Ron Weber, you got a book? Are you guilty? Yeah, I got the line. Uh, so, lesson one. It's uh, page 256. <laughs> 256 in the workbook, the page, and um, <clears throat> it'll be uh, paragraph 24 at the top. I can hear you. Oh. Yeah. So don't worry about it, Ron. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you you look resurrected anyway. So he's, <laughs> I defend myself on the text? No, it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's all right. Chris, you look so holy. You want to read paragraph 24? And then Jim Tynan, 25. And then Lisa, Lisa, if you have a book, paragraph 26. Lisa. Hey, Tim, I'm sorry. I don't have my book. Okay. Lynn Altman, 25. So Chris will do 24, um, Lynn Altman, 25. Lisa. And Lisa? You're on mute, Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> I'm trying to get everybody. She's a little different, Lisa. Okay. Are you saying Lisa or Lisa? Lisa. Oh, there's a Lisa here? <laughs> so it's not no, no, it's you. It's okay. you. I'm Lisa. Okay. Lisa. Okay, Lisa. Will you read 26, please? Okay. Okay. Okay, 24. All your defenses have been aimed at not receiving what you will receive today. And in the light and joy of simple trust, you will but wonder why you ever thought that you must be defended from release. Heaven asks nothing. It is hell that makes extravagant demands for sacrifice. You give up nothing in these times today when undefended, you present yourself to your creator as you really are. He has remembered you. Today we will remember him. For this is Easter time in your salvation. 
and you rise again from what was seeming death and hopelessness. Now is the light of hope reborn in you, for now you come without defense to learn the part for you within the plan of God. What little plans or magical beliefs can still have value when you have received your function from the voice of God himself? Try not to shape this day as you believe would benefit you most, for you cannot conceive of all the happiness that comes to you without the plan. Learn today, and all the world will take this giant stride and celebrate your Easter time with you. Throughout the day, as foolish little things appear to raise defensiveness in you and tempt you to engage in weaving plans, remind yourself this is a special day for learning and acknowledge it with this. This is my Easter time and I would keep it holy. I will not defend myself because the Son of God needs no defense against the truth of his reality. Thanks. Thanks. We'll get quiet. I'll bring us out. And gently, gently, let's all celebrate our resurrection. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Great, great Thank class, Pam. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. See you next time. Bye.